It is Locked on Jazz for the 18th of January. Happy birthday to my wife. The Jazz look so good in Denver and so bad in Los Angeles. How is this the same team? How is this possible? Is it simply bad script versus good script? Good script versus bad script? Or is there more to it? We'll delve into all of it on an early morning live edition and anytime you want regular edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every game. Thanks very much for tuning in and making Locked on Jazz your first listen every single day. We are here for you every day and free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can subscribe by pushing this button right over here and hit that bell. You'll get notified every time we launch an episode or go live. So please subscribe and hit that bell as well. Special hello this morning to Ray, who I think got to see the Jazz somewhere, either in Denver or LA. Trey and TJ this morning who joined the live crew on a slow Tuesday. Dalen as well. Um, it's hard coming out of a three-day weekend, getting ready for that next day is hard. Uh, apologize. Uh, actually, first, special thank you to Holly Rowe, who um, reminded me that I had audio issues on Friday's show. And so um, thank you because I would have had them again today. Um, I have multiple microphones floating around here, and sometimes I don't hit the button for the right one. So thank you for uh, letting me know. Uh, thanks to Holly for that. Uh, and uh, I hope everyone uh, had a great three-day weekend and honored the great Dr. Martin Luther King in the midst of it. So we can delve in. There was, you know, we can throw things, go crazy. I was going to put the happy hat on today, but I'm not actually sure it's that, like, happy hat a day. Um, it would have been, the Jazz did not play well last night, and they played brilliantly against Denver. And I, I just can't dismiss the script going into each game. And I do think there's something to this, that the league right now, the margin, the, the best team in the league is Phoenix. Like they're good, but they're not exceptionally great. And sure, Oklahoma City is trying to be bad and Houston's trying to be bad and Detroit's trying to be bad and Orlando's trying to be bad. So then remove them. Like who's the next worst team? Sacramento? Like they're not terrible. The margin in this league right now with lack of expansion, a million players coming to the league, um, you know, the, the quality of players is just so slim. I mean, I guess if it's not Sacramento, it's probably New Orleans or Indiana or San Antonio. They're all good, right? Like Indiana's got an all-star in Sabonis. New Orleans got an all-star in Brandon Ingram. Sacramento's loaded with top five picks. Those are the worst teams in the league. The best team in the league is Phoenix, Milwaukee, Golden State, Brooklyn. They're not, they're not exceptional. So that when a good script lays out versus a bad script lays out, it has a really big impact. 65% of teams with a rest advantage are winning games. I'm not a gambler, but I'm pretty certain if I had a 65% 
Somebody told a gambler, I got a trend for you that's at 65%. They're all over it. It's John Schumann of NBA.com has been um, touching on this all year. He does such great work. We talk about his power rankings all the time. He's been he's been killing this concept that there's this is the example that there's just a small margin that's going on between these teams. And so therefore, when you suddenly have a team that has a rest advantage, it's a bigger deal than it usually is. And so the script for the Jazz on Saturday night was that the Utah Jazz go into Denver, who the Jazz have lost four in a row. They've been super bad defensively. They've had three practice days. Denver's played the night before. Is on a back end of a back-to-back. So the Jazz have a rest advantage. And the Jazz are kind of back together. And they play brilliantly. The next night, the script is the Lakers have lost three in a row. They've been horrendous defensively. They've had... They've had spirited film sessions and practices. They've been humiliated by Magic Johnson and LeBron's had to uh, tweet out publicly that he, you know, is sorry. And the Jazz are on the back end of a back-to-back. That's the, that's the bad script. Like I, two of these play, two of these things are, are frankly, like it can't be ignored. It's fun to ignore it. It's like, it's nice to pretend they're video games. It's nice to pretend that they're characters on TV screen that aren't human. And it's fun to pretend that like these things don't matter because it makes it a lot more fun to root for your team every night than to worry about these kind of things. But I'm, I'm telling you, it matters. And so a little bit of what we watched this weekend was good script versus bad script. Okay? We can get into it. We were really good against Denver. And we were really bad against Lakers. The other one that plays in here is uh, it's a make-or-miss league. I'm actually not willing to go there tonight. There were the, the, the Lakers shots were bad shots. Um, the Lakers got into the jazz physically played them tough. And the jazz didn't do what you have to do to work through a possession and make the Lakers defense break down. I don't think that the Lakers became good defensively last night. I think the Lakers came with a concerted defensive effort. I think they came to not be humiliated. They had allowed 133 and 140 and 138 in their three previous games. So they were going to bring an effort. But I still think that if you worked the Lakers through a possession, they would have broken down. Now, what's tricky about that is we want to run. We want to play fast. We want. We seem to have lost the definition of what that is. Get into the offense earlier. Play with a force. Get advantage basketball. Start the offense early. Then start spinning it around them and make them defend a whole possession. Sometimes to us right now, playing early feels like getting down the floor with a little bit of urgency. Then not getting our first advantage and jacking a shot up because we want to play fast. That's that's not playing fast. And that's where last night I thought the Lakers just put the Jazz on their heels from the very beginning. And so while the Jazz missed a ton of shots, and certainly Don, Boyan, and Jordan are not going to have nights like that very often, the Jazz didn't help themselves to avoid that night. Right? You're not going to have Boyan 0 for 4, 
Jordan 0 for 6 and Don 0 for 8 and Rudy Gay 1 for 8 very often. But with the shots that they took last night, you're going to have it more likely than, than not. They made it more likely. We always like to look at quarter by quarter. The Jazz third quarter, they got out and moved and played. The Jazz offensive rating in the first quarter was a 109, which is not good for us. In the second quarter, it was really awful. It was an 88. In the third quarter, it was a 123. And listen to the – we'll go back to this in a second. And in the fourth quarter, it was a 74. Brutal. Listen to the pace numbers. I don't love pace, but it tells you a little bit of the story. First quarter was 90. Second quarter was 98. Third quarter was 104. We played with some pace and some speed, and we got in things. We took advantage of early offenses. And in the fourth quarter, we were down to 92. The weirdest part is in the third quarter, our pace was accelerated the most when Joe Ingles was in the game, and then it dropped off the map when Rudy Gay and Joe Ingles were in the game the other one. So who knows? The Jazz also broke their whole pattern of substitution, which Quinn doesn't do a lot. Rudy Gobert never checked out of the game in the fourth quarter. We never went back to the small lineup, uh, which was a little surprising. Uh, not really surprising in the sense that we didn't play well, not surprising that's a bad move, just surprising we don't usually do that. But that was a sign that, like, clearly this things weren't right. We didn't want to go back to the Rudy Gay as a center lineup. And uh, so we played Rudy Gobert for the entire fourth quarter. All right, uh, I want to get into some other things, but that was my general take on last night. Um, we'll get into some other reasons why the offense struggled. Um, one thing I hope is not to be true. Um, and then why Stanley Johnson crushed us. And then a play in Denver that was so beautiful and so perfect, and I hope we can replicate it. Those are um, the things we have coming, continuing on today's show. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Murdoch Chevy, located at, in Woods Cross, also in Logan. Uh, the Chevy truck lineup, it's legendary, right? It's the Colorado, it's the Silverado. Um, it doesn't get much better than than either of those two items. The Silverado is the bigger of the two trucks, the more powerful. I like to refer to it as the Lazy Boy truck. It's because it's just so awesome when I had it. You're just sitting back. You're strolling. You're feeling good about yourself. It's powerful. You're like above traffic. It's roll. It's awesome. The Colorado is the zippier, smaller truck that works in the neighborhood. Uh, it's kind of the, the, the house truck, I like to call it. Uh, and you love it. Their SUV lineup, very, very good and strong as well. Uh, the Equinox is the mid-sized SUV. And then there's the Tahoe and the Suburban. They're all at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross and in Logan. Feel free to email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com, and I can set up a meeting for you. Today's show is also brought to you by Shopify. Touching Shopify. That's the sound of a sale going through and a sound of another Shopify sale. The all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere synchronize online and in-person sales effortlessly stay informed scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility and you need to make sure that you have shopify with all of their tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale so go to shopify.com locked on nba 
All lowercase, by the way. That's Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free 14-day trial to get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your businesses with Shopify today. Go to Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA right now. That's Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thanks for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. I think there was a technical problem in Locked On. Now did not get out yesterday, but Locked On Today is available for you with Peter Bukowski at the helm reviewing the NFL's uh, weekend of action uh, for you over on Locked On Today. All right, so the Lakers got into us physically, changed our angles, and then they fiddled around defensively with either crashing on our drives, predominantly when Donovan drove, and other times hugging to the shooters. So they were switching up defensively, doing a lot of different game plans. Frank Vogel even said it, like the game plan tonight's going to be vastly different than the game plan was against Denver. And, and it flustered the Jazz. It, the Jazz, when they were driving the basket, when they were playing, they were not clear what they were seeing. When Dwight Howard was in the game, they played Dwight at the level of the screen, had him being very aggressive. And then you would think you had Rudy on the roll, but they brought somebody over. And so the Jazz hit it early on uh, Royce O'Neal got a bunch of open threes. I even said earlier in the game, I thought Royce had a chance to have like a career night. And then the Lakers shifted out of that, went to more switching and Royce couldn't get free. Um, so, you know, the defensive rating last night when Dwight Howard was on the floor was a 109. When Dwight Howard went off the floor and they just went to one through five switching, it was really, really good. In fact, when LeBron was in the game, it was a 99. When Stanley Johnson, Malik Monk, and those guys were in the game, which was their bench unit playing small, Switching their defensive rating was about an 84. The off, they were plus 30 something last night. I got to find my note on this. Plus 22 last night when LeBron played the small center five, small ball five. That's not great. That's, that's a little, um, that's a little bit back to that Clipper series. They're playing small and we're having a problem with it. Um, they ran an interesting play that we just reacted to badly every time, and it led to Stanley Johnson scoring. So Stanley Johnson get the ball on the top of the circle straight away. Rudy Gobert, Stanley Johnson's a bad shooter. Rudy Gobert would hover at the free throw line. LeBron would come over and set a kick on Gobert that the great offensive tackles of the game like Walter Jones and others, Lando Pace and others would be jealous of old references. And then Johnson would drive to his powerful right hand with no resistance because Rudy's back at 15 feet and he's at 23 feet. And the Jazz just couldn't figure it out. Like, are they switching on it? Well, Rudy's being picked right now, so he's going to have a hard time getting off LeBron James to get there. Boyan, one of the times, just didn't, quite figure out what he was supposed to do on it. So Stanley Johnson went down the lane. Another time Clarkson did jump out to the switch and he just drove by Clarkson. And another time Rudy tried to get through it and they couldn't stop it either. Uh, and that's when he stepped through and laid it up on, on Rudy. So that was actually their main offensive play. They ran late in the game that was somewhat similar, but is a new variation of kind of what the Clippers did. The Clippers did spread out five and then just drove. And the Lakers don't have the personnel to just drive. So what they did instead is they set that pick with LeBron and now Rudy's stuck on LeBron and occupied and Stanley Johnson's going to the basket and then the one time they did the other one. So 
that that's you know there's another script to someone kind of figuring out how they're what they're going to do to us playing small negating Rudy Gobert um into the game and that's and that's what they were able to do um and they just didn't they didn't jazz did not have an answer to that low pick we have to keep an eye on it and and what gets interesting about that is the way you combat it might be Rudy coming up higher but then that defeats everything we want to do which is trying to keep Rudy in the middle of the floor like really very much what we want to do all the time is keep Rudy in the middle of the floor. That's what we were doing there. Stanley Johnson's a 28%, 29% career three-point shooter. And so you want to keep Rudy in the middle, but now here's the answer. Is LeBron coming to the pick? I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron just didn't make up his play. He's that great. And that his understanding of the game is that exquisite. Um, so th- that's disturbing because our defense in those circumstances with LeBron at the five last night was really bad. The other thing that happened last night, frankly, is that they stopped playing Russell Westbrook, which was unfortunate for us because Russell Westbrook was terrible. And the minute they got Russell Westbrook out of the game, then they could have the ball in other people's hands and they started to take advantage of where we were. Uh, Offensively, by the way, we are just not spacing the floor well when Rudy Gobert is off the floor. And then when they're switching one through five, that spacing gets worse. Watching Andy Larson did a nice job of splicing negative, bad, awful video that would watch it and make think we're the worst team ever since everything was a miss. Um, I say this tongue in cheek. It's true. I watched it. I was like, ah, um, but it was interesting to watch. Our spacing was not good last night. There was a, there were a bunch of plays in which Rudy Gay didn't run all the way to the corner. Um, there's one where I think Royce actually didn't get all the way to the corner. Like our spacing, or it was a drive, and I think Royce, if Royce had position of the corner, he would have been available for a pass. And he wasn't. That was kind of the play I'm thinking about. Um, there, there wasn't that kind of spacing that we're used to seeing by the Jazz. It's very key. And when they're when we're playing five out, Rudy Gay at the center, that spacing has to be super perfect because just as much as it seems fun to play five out, there's not a lot of room, right? Like if you're playing what we usually play, which is four shooters up. So you have three shooters, a ball handler, and a pick and roll. And more often than not, you run the pick and roll, and the ball handler is now driving, and the big is rolling. And three shooters are spaced super hard to cover two guys at once if you're bringing someone in to help on the pick and roll. If you're playing five out and you have five guys around the perimeter and one guy drives, not as hard to cover four guys and certainly not hard to guard it if the guy doesn't drive and take an advantage of something and get an advantage in the process, which we were doing way too much of, which was we try to run some sort of action and then they would switch the pick and then we would just step back and take an off the bounce three. Like then the spacing's terrible. It feels like you can go nowhere. Overall last night, the one thing I would say is, and I said it earlier, we just didn't force through work through possessions and stay aggressive and stay with force to make the Lakers defend through it. Like Mike Conley said afterwards, we made the game harder on ourselves. Than we needed to, I would actually phrase it that we made it easier for the Lakers than it needed to be. And that jumped out at me um, a little bit last night. The other one is that Mike Conley is just super valuable to this team. Last night, Mike Conley finishes the night plus one. Mike Conley has been positive or even in every single game the Jazz have played since November 27th, I think it is. But one. So Mike Conley... On the against the New Orleans Pelicans when we lost on November 26th was minus 11. Since then, 
plus 13, plus 21, plus 21, plus 6, plus 6, plus 9, plus 10, plus 5, plus 7, plus 13, plus 22, plus 8, plus 8, plus 15. Even against the Warriors, we lost by 7. Plus 24, plus 10, plus 9, plus 10, minus 5 against Cleveland. We lost by 20, by the way. Plus 21 against Denver, plus 1 last night against the Lakers, according to basketball reference. On the other box score, I have plus, yeah, 1. So he has been even or better in all but one game since November 26th. That's 22 basketball games in a row. Well, 21 of 22. He's wildly important to what we do. Played 28 minutes last night, trying to conserve him, make sure he's healthy at the end of the year, stay focused on the goal. Might have been able to win this game if he plays more minutes last night. Because we're just a different, different team when he's on the floor. Uh, Eric says, I love Jordan Clarkson since I'm Filipino and he is a hero here in the Philippines. I understand his role is to score quick buckets, but if shots are not dropping, I don't get Quinn on a prolonging him on the floor. This was a uh, regular comment last night. I had two reasons I took this because I think it's an interesting thought. And one, I want to point out that Wednesday is Filipino night at the Vivint Arena as the Utah Jazz play the Houston Rockets. Tickets start as little as $20 in honor of uh, Filipino Heritage Night with Jalen Green of the Rockets coming into town as well as uh, Jordan Clarkson. So that's why I wanted to grab that. Uh, I want to explain why Quinn Snyder would leave Jordan Clarkson in the game when he's having as bad a night as he did last night. And I want to dig into a singular play involving Jordan Clarkson that is, to me, the ultimate of what the Jazz should be that happened in Denver, and then the actual exact opposite play that happened against the Lakers um, as well. And then I'll take a bunch of your questions on this Monday edition of Locked on Jazz. Thanks very much for being your first listen here to Locked on Jazz. For your second listen on most days, I'd tell you Locked on Now, um, but it is not. Uh, I don't think it's going to be available here today, at least for a little while. I'll check and see whether it's come up. So you might just grab Locked On today instead. Uh, today's show brought to you by Built Bar. Churro puffs are back. The puffs are crazy good. So, like, I just did not. When I had the ruby chocolate puff, I honestly was like, yeah, we'll see. I'm going to try it. They sent it to me. I'll try it. And then I was like, oh, it's good. I'll take that again. I'll take it again. And I quietly just kind of started um, devouring them. Uh, the churro puffs are now out as well. They're these marshmallowy candy type protein bars with 140 calories, 17 grams of protein and six grams of sugar. Luckily for you, coconut brownie chunk is still available. 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, seven grams of sugar. And along with all the regular great flavors like cherry barcia and double chocolate and raspberry and coconut almond. Haven't tried it. They're just nuts. Uh, no false advertising here. It's all at Built Bar. 15% off uh, on a bunch of items right now. And the promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off everything. Go to Built.com and get the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Today's show is also brought to you, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. This is going to be interesting because the injuries this weekend put huge change, at least in my book, on all the awards. So Kevin Durant with a sprained MCL is out for a while. And so who is the MVP favorite now if Durant is out? Steph Curry goes to plus 125. Giannis jumps to plus 275. Jokic is now plus 450. He probably should be the MVP. And Durant drops to plus 750. John Morant plus 1,200. Joel Embiid at plus 220. LeBron at plus 2,500. And DeMar DeRozan at plus 3,300. 
What about defensive player of the year? They do not have those odds up right now. Um, that's interesting. I think, no, here are all the awards. Monty Williams still leads her coach of the year. Defensive player of the year. Draymond Green is still minus 125 and Gobert's plus 140. Draymond's out for two weeks on a calf issue that's tied to a herniated disc on a back and then a reevaluation. I ain't going one minus one twenty five on that. Uh, so that's those had some big int- impacts. Championship odds: Brooklyn stays the favorite at plus two ninety. Then the Warriors are plus three seventy five, and here come the Bucks plus seven hundred. Suns at plus seven fifty, and the Jazz are plus one thousand. So those to me are the five contenders. Lakers and Heat are plus fourteen hundred. Heat should still be a little bit of a contender, by the way, if you look at digging into some of their numbers. That is all at BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code locked on, get a 50% welcome bonus. All right. So here's the here's why J- Quinn keeps Jordan Clarkson. Because the mojo on Jordan, and he's not been good this year. We talked about it on points gained on Friday. It's it's detrimental. It's going on for a long time. He's not great defensively. He was very good defensively in Denver. Um, but like, okay, so at some point you have to decide whether you're not you're just gonna rein it back. But until you decide that, the whole essence of what Quinn has given Jordan is freedom and belief to play as himself and as to just roll. And if you start yanking him on a given night when he's not great, you lose that. And now he plays with trepidation and he's uncertain. And, you know, you'd hope he brings it back. He only took nine shots in Denver. He played an incredibly well-balanced game. He's generally been shooting the ball very, very well in his last I think five games coming in, he was actually, his numbers were superb. Um, in his last 10 games, I think they're even better. Um, I'm pulling it up, but in his last five games on the season, uh, on the let's see, or I have his last 10 games instead. Jordan on his last seven games was 48% from the field, 44% from three, averaging 17 points a game. So last night he regressed to the mean. You just can't yank a guy when he's having a bad night and then expect him to play with freedom again the next night. Here's the play in Denver to me that was like everything. Jordan has the basketball at the top. Jokic is guarding Donovan on the left wing. Jordan looks to Donovan, signals to him like, hey, bring Jokic to me so I can take Jokic. Then realizes, wait a sec, you stay there. Swings it to Don. Unselfishness. Because wait a sec, you got Jokic, you take Jokic. That brings a little camaraderie, a little togetherness. Donovan backs Jokic up. Jokic is not bad at this. Pretty good isolation defender. Actually so big, kind of similar to Rudy. Changes your angles. And we're playing five out, so there wasn't a lot of space. Rudy Gay slices to the middle of the lane. Donovan bounces the pass through Jokic to Rudy Gay, who hits the six-footer. Unselfish play leads to unselfish play, leads to unselfish play, leads to two points. Exact opposite last night. Donovan's on the right wing. Calls for Royce O'Neal to come run, I think it was Royce, run a switch to get Donovan a, a mismatch switch. He peels off, which is a play we run all the time. The Lakers don't switch. So Don doesn't get what he wants. And he just takes a bounce and shoots a three. That to me is the old, that's the example I'm saying of not making the Lakers play through the possession defensively and doing things to get the, you know, make them defend throughout the possession and they'll eventually break down. Those two contrasting plays to me really are good examples of where we were on the two nights. One, that could be fatigue. That could be rhythm. That could be the Lakers are in you. They're making it hard. You're taking the easy route out. 
but he didn't get the switch he wanted, and then he just took it. The other one was bizarre switching. Like, there was another play where Donovan's at the top, and they bring LeBron to Donovan. LeBron switches on Donovan, and then Le- Donovan takes a 30-foot three-point shot over the top of LeBron. I'm not bringing LeBron to stuff. I might bring Westbrook. Too bad they didn't play Carmelo Anthony. That would have helped us, too. I mean, they didn't play Westbrook and Anthony, who are both bad. So that hurt us last night. Um, let's go to Taylor. Some comments. Wow, who said anything about blowing the team up? Sure, fans never had to be critical, but we do because we feel like there's stake in this team's success and we have stake in this team's success and failure. I didn't say anything about blowing it up. That must be something in the chat room. Hey, uh, the passion of the fans is great. And we want it to just roll and we want it to be easy. And certainly the goal of this season is to be better by game 70. You know, be ready, be ready by game 70, 75, and 80. And that clock is beginning to tick. Right? We're at game 44 now. So that improvement, which we would be, for example, playing against a team that goes small like LeBron James did last night or a team that switches aggressively like the Lakers did, we did not see that improvement last night in the quest to get better by game 70, 75, and 80 and be ready for the playoffs. What we saw was Mike Conley's minutes get limited so that we're better in game 70, 75, and 80, and that may have cost us the game, right? Like we might have been considering the fact that when Mike Conley's on the floor last night, we're plus one. And when he's off the floor, we're minus seven. You, you, we, there's a chance that that actually impacted the game a little bit. The weird one is that, you know, we weren't good with Rudy on the floor in that fourth quarter last night. And Rudy played the whole fourth quarter. Dan takes the approach of Stanley Johnson's night was a fluke. The poor shooting night was the same. We'll be all right, but I believe we need to figure out a few things in different ways to win. That's probably the most accurate level headed Tuesday morning comment you can get. It's okay if the Jazz are experienced in this and they can see their weaknesses. They need to have an additional star player for them to move on. We have three All-Stars. If we need a fourth, I just don't know how we're getting that. Um, Garrett says, why are we criticizing anyone? We can't win every game. Why is it that we get so high on this team when they're winning, but we, we lose a few games, we want to criticize everyone and blow up the team? There's the first comment that led to it. I'm reading comments in reverse order. Um, So uh, we cannot win every game. Uh, We were bad last night, so I think that leads to reaction. That was not a very pretty game. You know, by the way, we were good defensively last night. The irony is the Lakers came in as the number one offensive team in the NBA over the last 10 games, and we defended really well until Stanley Johnson got going in the fourth quarter. The defensive rating last night was about a 104. I mean, that was about as good a defensive game as you can have. We just couldn't hit the backside of the barn on a shot. And so – you know, other than the Stanley Johnson low pick and roll play where the Lakers offensive rating in the fourth quarter was a 126 until Russell Westbrook came in the game and then for the final three minutes was a 112. I mean, really, Russell Westbrook and Avery Bradley were playing terribly and they decided not to play them in the fourth quarter until three minutes left. That was a huge part of this game. Frank Vogel, in a moment of desperation, needed to needed to win a basketball game and just didn't play as big-time guy because it's killing them. And again, that's a little bit where we started the show, the scripts. And that's what happened. All right, that is Locked on Jazz. Thanks very much for tuning in. Back with you tomorrow. Rockets, Filipino night at Vivint Arena. Get your tickets at utahjazz.com. They start as low as $20. We look forward to having you at the arena as the Jazz play the Rockets and all their youngsters on Wednesday. I think before going back up, then home on Friday against Detroit, a little revenge, then two on the road, then Phoenix home next Wednesday, then two more on the road. 
not as attuned to the schedule right now, not traveling. Have a great one. Talk to you soon.